The day was Monday, November 17, 1958, and the Bradley was making her 46th and final voyage of the shipping season. The trip down Michigan's west coast to the U.S. Steel Mill in Gary, Indiana, was without incident. She had just finished unloading her cargo, and the limestone rolled off the boom's conveyor in a fairly quick six hours. It was now time to think about heading home. At this very moment, much of the rest of the country was in the throes of a terrible storm. In true November fashion, a warm air mass from the south had collided with cold air from the north, wreaking havoc across a swath that cut from the Canadian border down to Mexico. Tucson, Arizona, received six inches of snow, and parts of Nevada reported sub-zero temperatures. Twenty inches of snow were dumped on southern Wyoming, and the Dakotas were trying to dig their way out of 16 inches. As strong winds slashed across the plains, the storm left people stranded, missing, or dead in several states. But blizzard conditions were not the only concern. As it moved eastward, the massive system also spawned 35 tornadoes, devastating Texas, Oklahoma, Missouri, Kansas, Minnesota, Iowa, and Illinois. Whether the crew of the Bradley knew it or not, one of the fiercest monster storms of the century was headed their way. At 8 o'clock p.m., Captain Bryan heard the weather forecast, and it was not good. Winds of 50 to 65 miles per hour from the south were predicted, and this would whip up waves of considerable height on Lake Michigan. But Captain Bryan knew that the Bradley had weathered storms before, even this season, and had always come through safely. Besides, the crew would be anxious to return to their loved ones, and the final destination of Rogers City would take most of them practically to their doorsteps. If all went well, they could make it home in about thirty hours. Before departure, as the ship was completing its unloading, Captain Bryan discussed the planned course for the return trip with First Mate Elmer Fleming. Because the winds were from the south and would be shifting southwest, it made sense to take the Bradley along Wisconsin's coast, using its shoreline as protection. When they reached Cana Island, located in the northern end of the lake, they would make their move toward the Michigan side of the lake. Cutting a northeast path toward Lansing Shoal, past the chain of islands called the Beavers, they would use the southwest winds as a tailwind advantage. They would have to exercise caution near the beaver chain of islands, carefully avoiding the treacherous boulder reef that was nearby. From there, they would then make their way toward the Straits of Mackinac, right on through to Lake Huron, and home to Rogers City. At least, that was the plan. The most hazardous stretch would be negotiating in high seas the ninety miles separating the shores of Wisconsin and Michigan. At about 10 o'clock p.m., the evening of November 17, the winds were only 25 to 35 miles per hour, and the lake was calm. The Carl D. Bradley left the port in Buffington, just outside of Gary, Indiana, and began her final journey, carrying 9,000 tons of water and the ballast tanks for added stability. Following the Wisconsin shoreline all night, the ship passed Milwaukee at about 4 o'clock a.m., it was now Tuesday, November 18, and the Bradley was 11 miles from shore and moving along at a steady 15 miles per hour. By 7 o'clock a.m., she was about 7 miles off the shore of Sheboygan, along with two other freighters who were going the same way but hugging the shoreline more closely. That morning, gale warnings were posted, and it was not long before conditions deteriorated. 
At about 1.15 p.m., the SS Johnstown was a few hours ahead of the Bradley, passing Boulder Reef near Gull Island, part of the Beaver Chain of Islands. They reported battling extraordinarily heavy seas of 25-foot waves with wind gusts of 75 miles per hour. The Bradley was planning an identical route across the northern part of Lake Michigan, and in four short hours the Bradley's crew would be in that very spot, struggling for their lives against the raging sea.